All right, Johnny, it's grade time. How did Perry do with his roster construction at the start of the season? And then would your grade change at the end of the season? We're going to share our grades and we're going to give Perry a report card on this episode. And are you in on Joe Adele becoming a star or is he just a role player? And did you hear? Did you hear about what Victor Rojas tweeted last week? It shook the halo world and we're going to talk about it. You're locked on with Mike and John and this is Locked On Angels. You are Locked On Angels, your daily Los Angeles Angels podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And John and I thank you for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. We're free and available wherever you get your podcasts. You can give us a rate and a review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify. And if you're watching on YouTube, you can like, comment, and subscribe and click the bell to be notified every time a new episode drops. And today's episode is brought to you by Bet Bet BetOnline has you covered this season with more props, odds, and lines than ever before. Bet online, where the game starts. We are so glad that you decided to join us for this edition of Locked On Angels, where it's your team every day. You've got the Frisch Brothers here with you, a.k.a. the Super Halo Bros. My name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. And if you're watching on the YouTube side, Mike is reporting live from the void. Mike, how is it there in the fourth dimension? Woo! <laughs> 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 feels like I'm floating, huh? <laughs> live from the void. <laughs> Mike, we want to talk about Perry Manassian and give him a grade for his roster construction, how we felt at the beginning of the season versus how we felt toward the end of the season. And coming into 2022, there were a lot of things that I think Perry Manassian did well to address the issues within the Halos. Look, the bullpen was probably the biggest problem in 21. And when you think about, you think about Shohei Otani having nine wins last season, a lot of <laughs> yes. those wins, he would have had a lot more wins if the bullpen hadn't have blown it for him uh, right. later on in the game. Right. We saw that happen with Patrick Sandoval this season in 22. Uh, a lot of a lot of lack of run support for a guy who pitched very well. So going back to 21, imagine we're here a year ago and we're starting to wonder how Perry Manassian is going to construct a roster for 22. Let's look at some of the names that he brought in. Aaron Loop, mm-hmm. Ryan Tapera, he had Tyler Wade, he had Matt Duffy, he had Michael Lorenzen, Noah Syndergaard, Rysel Iglesias got extended, and Archie Bradley also for the bullpen. Yeah. So uh, let's let's go back a year and just, how did you feel about that back then? What kind of grade would you have given him? Well, I think I would give him a higher grade simply because he extended Rysel, mm-hmm. and we were advocates for that. Big I know time. all Angel fans wanted to see him get extended, and I think that that was a really good move. It made sense. I think it was a good move for two reasons. One, it helps the back end of the bullpen, and two, Perry, I think, listened to the fans, and they're yeah. a fan of Rysel, right? right? And I know that this season, he wasn't the Rysel that we expected, mm-hmm. and then he went to the Braves and became Rysel again, <laughs> and maybe it's just a matter of him actually being in competitive games. We've talked about this on the show before that when Rysel comes in and it's a non-save situation he really struggles when he comes in and it's a save situation he can he can inherit the bases loaded in the eighth inning and he can dominate the Mariners right yeah absolutely and so I was excited about that deal I was excited about Noah Syndergaard you and I've talked often about 
hey, it'd be great if we got Noah Syndergaard mm-hmm. and give him an opportunity. And then we did. And so that was exciting. And then Michael Lorenzen was a big question mark, yes. but he was an arm that we thought could eat up some innings. And he's got the arms to prove that he can eat up some innings. <laughs> the biceps. The big biceps, right? And I loved, I loved, I loved the three names that he signed for the bullpen. Loop, Tapera, and Bradley. Mm-hmm. That was... That was six, seven, and eight right there. Right. And with Rysel Iglesias in the nine spot at the end of the game. And so, Johnny, I'm going to say, without talking about this season, if I could erase that and just talk about where I was last season and knowing he would sign these guys, I would give Perry Manassian a high B plus for the signings that he made. I'm going to cross maybe even into the A- minus range wow. simply because... I like that he addressed the issues without actually breaking the bank. Mm. And I think he's going to have to do that again this offseason. But you can't tell me that we weren't excited about Aaron Loop and his under one ERA or Ryan Tapera coming in. And even even somebody like Noah Syndergaard, who was coming off surgery. I mean, there was a lot of potential with him. And Lorenzen had that opportunity to really prove himself. And the good thing about Lorenzen is he could be a starter, but if he failed to be a starter, he could be a long reliever for Mm -hmm. us. And so there was was double duty that he could pull. So I'm going to go high B, maybe low A, when it comes to where we were at this point last season and how Perry addressed our offseason needs. Where would you land if we could go back a year and these were the names that were laid in front of us as signings for the Angels? I would have given him a B- minus because I like how he okay. fixed the bullpen. In theory, he fixed the bullpen because we needed some proven arms and he went out and yep. got those. He extended Rysel Iglesias. You and I talked since March of 21 how much we'd love to see Syndergaard in our rotation, and he went and got him and uh, sold him on the one-year deal. Mike, to me, Michael Lorenzen was a big question mark, and I think our friend Andrew from Angels Top Plays went on the record to say, this feels like a in-the-bullpen-by-the-middle-of-the-year kind of signing. (laughs) Yes. And I didn't disagree with him. I thought the same thing. And even though he didn't go to the bullpen, we did lose a lot of Michael Lorenzen in 22. The one thing that keeps me from giving him such a good grade is the fact that they were going to move Fletcher to shortstop and have kind of a revolving door at second base. Tyler Wade was somebody I was actually excited about because I saw his speed. I saw the way that he could, you know, put down the bunt. And then when the season came, they just didn't utilize him very well. He also was struggling with bunting well. And so that proved to not be a great move. And then, of course, he was gone, you know, by the summertime. And so I just, I thought that he could have locked up that middle infield much better than he did because then we had to roll with Andrew Velasquez all season. David Fletcher got hurt. And and so it just felt like that was a big hole in the lineup. Now, you and I said you could disguise a big hole in the lineup at shortstop slash second base because you have Otani and Trout and Rendon and Walsh. And who could have guessed that we'd go through such injury issues right. in 2022? So yeah. I would have given him a B- minus at the beginning of the season. But now, how do we feel about it post-2022? You start. I'm going to say C-, minus, mm. maybe maybe even D, and if Ds exist still. And, <laughs> and here's why. One, because of what he did during the season to address the injuries. Jonathan VR is not going to solve the problem, and he proved that. Right? Absolutely not. Phil Gosselin 
is not going to solve the problem, and he proved that. Now, mm-hmm. I'm a fan of Phil because Phil is a hustler, and Phil was really good And he for showed up us, at the uh, right? Dodgers-Padres game last night, apparently. Yeah, he's, he's a good dude, ago. right? Yeah, he's a good dude, right? <laughs> no, literally, so, the goose was on the field at the, at the Dodgers-Padres game. Oh, that's right. There was a goose on the field. Yeah, it was his cousin. It was his distant cousin. That's right. Um, and, and so th- those are the things that I think that really lower the grade for me. And Archie Bradley and his injury history. Now, Perry didn't know that these guys are going to get hurt. Perry didn't know that Archie's going to not be able to leap over the dugout the fence, fence and hurt himself and all that stuff, right? But I do think that there is a connection between I'm going to sign these players and I'm going to trust that you're going to use these players appropriately mm-hmm. and correctly. Mm-hmm. And as you pointed out, we have Tyler Wade. Why aren't we bunning? We have Tyler Wade. Right. Why aren't we doing the things that Tyler Wade can do? Right. We have a guy like Aaron Loop. Let's bring him in at the right time, not at the wrong time. Same thing with Ryan Tapera. Mm-hmm. And a part of their struggles, I think, was because they weren't used correctly. And yeah. as Joe's book has pointed out, there was a lot of discussion about how they were going to use the bullpen before and after and even sometimes during the games mm-hmm. and and that's the thing that I think really lowers the grade for me it feels like Perry didn't know or Perry thought he knew about the coaching staff and the manager that he had and how he was going to use these players and it almost felt like you gave tools to the wrong guy and I think mm. that's why Joe was fired and so that's why I'm going to say C C minus maybe even a D because the manager we had didn't know what to do with the tools that were in his tool belt. But you don't go 0-12 with this roster, and I understand there were injuries and things like that. You should at least go 500, maybe even yeah. 4-8. and eight. But yeah. to have this roster to fix the bullpen, like we've all been clamoring for, to sign pitching, sign pitching, pitching, pitching. Well, he finally went out and did it, and that's why I think I'm going to give him a C-plus because the area that was an issue – was the offense, and we saw that through the summer months. We saw that through June and July and August. The guys couldn't catch up to the fastball. We had no depth. You're bringing in guys that are castaways from other teams that didn't want them anymore. You're bringing up Jose Rojas to play third base all the time. Just can't do that. And so while I was excited to address the pitching side of things, uh, the, the lack of offense, which was a surprise, but you have to anticipate that. You have to anticipate you're not gonna have Rendon for a full year, Trout for a full year, even a young guy like Jared Walsh. You have to anticipate that something could go wrong, and then you need to find that depth. Unfortunately for him, Taylor Ward and Renjifo had breakthrough years, so we do have a little bit more depth when it comes to those guys. But I think Perry's going to have to move in terms of depth this offseason and get some backups, get some some fill-ins that are not going to be a negative war, be right. a negative yeah. producer on the on the field, and, yeah. and we have to be able to count on those guys to step up. In fact, you and I are going to have a conversation maybe in a few episodes. Yes, yeah, so I want to look at what these playoff teams did when they lost their best stars. You lose Tatis to a motorcycle thing and then a PED suspension. What did San Diego do? You lose Mookie Betts. You bring in Trace Thompson if you're the Dodgers. I want to look at and examine where they got their depth and how they utilized it. So I'm looking forward to that conversation coming up. But again, I think a C-plus at the end of the day because he really did go out and get the pieces he should have for the bullpen, even though they didn't quite work out. And like you said... I think it has everything to do with the tools that were given to the manager and the lack of utilization. 
Well, coming up on today's episode, Victor Rojas tweeted last week and it stirred the Halo world, or maybe it just stirred our world, Johnny. We'll, we'll talk all about it. But first, Locked On Angels is brought to you by Bet Online. It's your number one source for all your football betting info this season. You can find all the latest player developments, team matchups, news, podcasts, and in depth articles and analysis on every game that you can find. And as always, Bet Online remains your continued source for all your sport wagering information with live betting and up-to-the-minute scores for every sport out there. It's the fastest and easiest way to check in on all your favorite games and events, including baseball playoffs, MMA, boxing, and golf. Head to betonline.net today or use your mobile device to learn more. Bet Online, where the game starts. I want to thank you for making Lockdown Angels your first listen of the day. Mike, you and I came across a very interesting tweet uh, a couple of weeks ago, and that was from our buddy Jared Timms. Good old Jared. Who does some great side-by-sides. He's got a great eye for seeing how a batting stance changes or how a pitcher's delivery changes. Yeah. And he posted a side-by-side of Joe Adele. One side was a Joe Adele home run from one of the last series the Angels played. The other side was a Joe Adele at bat in May. And in the video where Joe hits the home run, he starts with his back elbow a little higher, the hands are lower, and he has a whole new path from the bat to the ball. He's also leading with the bottom hand hand and the elbow instead of the top, and he doesn't have his front side flying open as we have seen. So it was a great way to see where Joe has been and what Joe has been working on. Now, you and I observed how shortening up his swing has actually proven to be very effective for him. Give him that trout swing. Give him that ability to bring the hands in and hit something out because Joe's got power, man. And so this side-by-side got us thinking, are we still in on Joe Adele being a star for the Halos? Or do you think he's just going to be a role player. Why don't you start us? Well, isn't it funny when you talk about somebody's batting stance, it's just natural to all of a sudden start to like model start it for, to do it. you know, yeah. like as you were talking, yeah. it was great because you were like, and his hands are here and his, and his elbows up here. Like you have to <laughs> automatically do that. You can't That's just great talk for about our it audio still. listeners, yes. by the way. <laughs> audio listeners, it was, it was awesome. Just so you know, John's got a great batting stance. So am I in on Joe being a star or am mm. I out and he's just going to be a role player. Mm-hmm. Johnny, right now I'm going to say that I'm in on Joe Adele being a star because okay. of his age and because there seems to be a willingness to adjust. I think mm-hmm. the Joe Adele that we've seen in AAA is the Joe Adele that we can get in the major leagues. Hmm. And I think that we got to give him maybe this season, perhaps even next season. I know that some Angel fans, that's going to be exhausting. But I think about Taylor Ward developing at 28 years old mm-hmm. and Joe Adele still being in his early 20s. When he feels like 25, 26, and he's just coming around now. Yeah, right? And so I think, I think that Joe has got a great future ahead of him. I just think that we got to get the right people around him. And yes, not the Jeremy example, Reed. the example is yes, it, it, you know, Buddy Carlisle was a really big help in the minor leagues to Reed Detmers when he got sent down and they yes. immediately identified what he was struggling with. And so if I'm Perry, if I'm the front office, I'm getting Joe around the guys 
that are going to be really beneficial. Maybe, when we talked about this on yesterday's show, when I talked about what Mike Trout is sharing with the front office, mm-hmm. and Mike actually like advocating for the young players. Maybe get them around Mike, and just let Mike, Absolutely. you know, get, get your hands here, and swing through here, because what Trout has in a swing is going to be an effective swing when he's 40. Because he, yeah. his hands come through so quickly, and it's not a long bat. If you watch Joe earlier this year, he's got a long bat. The barrel mm-hmm. takes a long time to get through the strike zone, which is why he will strike out a lot, or it's why he will pop the ball up a lot. Because your right. bat, when your bat head is slow, you're not hitting the ball and barreling it, is what they call it. And so Joe, I think, has a lot of potential to grow. I didn't mean to rhyme there. What do you think? <laughs> yeah, you did. I'm, I'm not sold on... I should say I'm not out on Joe Adele either because he is 23 years old. I think that he has a bright future ahead of him. And and I think that we're, we're very quick to rush prospects. And I think that's the one mistake the Angels made was bringing him up when he was 20 in 2020. I don't think they needed to do that. It was exciting at the time. Right. But he clearly wasn't ready. Now, here's my thing about Joe Adele. Let's get him into therapy. Let's get him into a place where he can talk things through because the guy lacks confidence when he's on the major league roster. When he's on triple yeah. A, yeah. he can crush it. Mike, I, I hate bringing up our softball experience, but let me just say this really fast. When you and I were on the same team, I wasn't always very good. And every now and then people would be like, hey, we need a fill in player. John, would you mind playing on our team? And when I did, yes. and it was just me, I would crush <laughs> yeah. it. I would make diving plays yes. in the outfield. Yes. I would do incredible things that I've never done before. And it's something I call little brother syndrome, yeah. where, oh, my big brother's around. I got to step it up. And I think it really got in my head. And so when Joe Adele comes to the major leagues, I think he gets little brother syndrome. He's mm. a big fish in a small pond in AAA. Good point. However, I think he could be a, a, a whale in the ocean with the Angels, if he just had more confidence, I also think that Mike Trout could definitely be somebody to mentor him, help him out, and why not? Yeah. Because if Mike Trout was my big brother, I'd want that. Not n- no offense to you, but <laughs> the fact that he could that the fact that he could teach me things and help me be like him, I think Joe really needs to spend time with Mike Trout. I honestly hope that we get some information about that because Trout needs to be a mentor to Joe Adele in the same way that Pujols was to Trout and helped him grow and helped him get adjusted to the big leagues. I think Trout needs to take that experience he had in his first 10 years, turn around and give that to some of these young guys, even like Mickey Moniak as well, like turn around and mentor these young guys. And I think if he does that, you could see a big turnaround for Joe Adele. I'm still convinced we need a left fielder in 2023 and that Joe could play a, a bench role in 23 but as we know injuries can happen at any time and that would mean joe could step into that role uh, in left field and have some opportunities to fill in every now and then when he needs to
Johnny, former play-by-play guy for the Halos, our favorite, Victor Rojas, was on the Twitters. He was on the Twitters the other day and just talking about the Halos and talking about baseball. And he actually tweeted out something really funny from SNL the other day. They introduced a new character mm-hmm. and talked about being a being a Dominican, being from that area. Yes. It was really great. And then somebody said, Victor, we miss you. And he responded with, well, I miss you too. And then they said, oh. Victor... Would you ever come back? And Johnny, he tweeted, yes, all caps, with three exclamation points. On this one yeah. and on that one. <laughs> and I backflipped. I think I immediately screenshotted it and, 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 sent, and it sent it to you. <laughs> yes. And then we had some sort of interaction. Man, Victor Rojas is so good. And I know he left because of his wife and her health issues. And he also became the general manager of a minor league baseball team and wanted to be home Mm -hmm. more often. But I got to think that he probably stepped away as well because after however long he called games for this team, almost 10 years, I think, it's got to be annoying to just continue to call a team that has all sorts of potential Hmm. but doesn't actually have that potential turn into performance. Mm -hmm. And it's got to be frustrating. And then after the 2020 strike-shortened, not strike-shortened, COVID-shortened season, Mm -hmm. and then with the strike kind of looming, I could see why Victor was like, you know what, I think I need to take a break. But John... (laughs) If Victor came back, how incredible would it be to have Victor call some games with Gubaza mm-hmm. and then Maddie V call some games with Gubaza? Yeah. With, of course, Mark Gubaza being the Glubaza that yes. holds everything together. What would That's you say right. to that, Johnny? I would love that, Mike. And honestly, like, as much as I love Matt Vaskersian, if Victor ended up doing it full time, I'd be fine with that as well but if they're gonna have him under contract like they do and they do the split games and yeah maddie v is calling the games that are you know more on the east coast to have victor be the other half of that equation would be so cool i miss victor rojas a lot and one thing that i appreciated about him as you mentioned as the angels struggled victor was honest about it yes you could tell that he it was it was upsetting to him when the angels struggled and it was frustrating and he was a fan exactly i related to it as a fan and he's not a fan in the sense that everything's chipper and everything's great he's a fan that feels what we feel he's a fan who struggles when we struggle we understand that the angels are frustrating and he understood that too so i think victor gives a very real voice to the broadcast booth and he really understands angel fans i think he really understands the team and the players who were there i miss his big fly calls i miss yes. big fly otani son or is a fan of drive home, home safely, safely. <laughs> yeah i think i think you could do better but all that to say i think victor rojas is awesome and for me i we had a chance to talk with him last year on a twitter space and he yeah answered some questions from Halo fans. And one of the things I was able to share with him is how I thought it was really cool and bold of him to go after the GM position when it was open with the Angels. Yes, He had a whole presentation ready. They gave him the interview. I think that he deserved the interview. And to go get this experience in Texas with the AA team, it just makes sense. And if that's something he wants to do at the major league level someday, that would be pretty cool. But also... Now he's got even more information and insight to bring back to the broadcast booth. Yeah. And I would love to know his thoughts on the insights that he has into player development and double A and even down to doing special events at 
the double-A games. We all know that minor leaguers have more fun, especially at their stadiums. They have way better giveaways and food and all that kind of stuff. All that to say, I would love it if Victor Rojas came back. And whether that was full-time or splitting time with Matty V, Oh, that would just be ideal for me. All right, so so what would you rather have? Victor in the booth or Victor in the organization helping to develop these players, maybe being a, an assistant to Perry Manassian or hmm. an assistant to Alex Taman? Where would you like to have him? I think I'd like him in the booth, selfishly. Yeah, I'd, I'd I rather just selfishly. listen to him and talk. <laughs> yes. And, yes. I mean, honestly, let him do both. Why not? <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Well, thanks for making Locked On Angels your first listen today. Now make your second listen to Locked On MLB Podcast with our friend Paul Francis Sullivan. He's bringing humor, passion, and a unique perspective on every team talking about all of the playoffs right now and he's excited about that you can follow the number one daily league-wide podcast locked on mlb on the odyssey app youtube or wherever you get your podcasts Hey, be sure you get into our social media this weekend because we are going to be doing a Mailbag Monday. Is that right, Mike? Yes, it is. And that's our first Mailbag Monday for the well, quote-unquote off-season. It's off-season yes. for us, not for every team. But we would love to hear your thoughts on what we talked about today, maybe having Victor back in the booth or what grade you would give Perry Manassian or questions that you might have about the off-season, things that are kind of stirring in you. And so we'd love to answer all of those questions on Monday so you can tweet tweet at us. You can actually send us a direct message. We're on Instagram as well. And you can call us on our voicemail 714-409-6396. And that will be in the show description. If you'd like to call us, call and leave a voicemail. We'd love to hear the sultry sounds of your voice. Hey, get at us on Twitter at Lockdown Angels. And of course, at Super Halo Bros on Twitter and Instagram. I usually run a story on Super Halo Bros so that you can respond directly to the question for any questions you might have for Monday Mailbag. All right, y'all. Until Monday's show, my name is John, and that's my brother Mike. And my name is Mike, and that's my brother John. That's going to do it for this edition of Locked on Angels. We hope you have a great weekend, and we'll see you on Monday.